City Council has had to find a new way of working. They decided only yesterday that council business will be run by 17 councillors on the Policy and Sustainability Committee beginning on 1st of May. Other committees will be revived as soon as they can be, but this will at least allow some councillors to take part in decision making. We contacted the council leader and deputy leader to ask them how it will work. Good morning, Councillors Day and Councillor McVeigh, uh, the council leader it, and deputy leader. So yesterday I was watching the leadership panel on webcast and it seems to me that you have decided on a way forward. Uh, Councillor McVeigh, can you tell me a little about that? Yes, yeah, so we're, we're trying to get back to business as usual um, and democracy as usual as quick as we can. But I think everyone accepts that there are some pretty major um, parameters on our capacity to do that right now. So we've went with a phased approach to try and get committees back up and running, to try and get council back up and running as quickly as we can, starting with the Policy and Sustainability Committee that will take over all responsibility for really everything that needs to be done. Um, and take it from there. Then we'll stand up the Chief Scrutiny Committee of the Council, and then we'll look to stand up the full council itself when we're in a position to, as well as the Finance Committee and all other uh, ones. It's going to look a little bit different, and it's going to require a little bit of remote participation. Uh, but actually, I think um, it seems to have a consensus way forward uh, broadly in terms of uh, the way forward, and, and everyone seems comfortable with that. I think everyone expects the situation we're in isn't perfect. We're all having to change the way we work and change the way we normally do things. And I think that's broadly understood by the people of Edinburgh as well. It seems to leave no room, however, for the uh, Lord Provost or indeed for the independent councillors. And I know this was hashed uh, out yesterday among all the various political leaders seems it's not quite an identical match. And I understand what you're saying, that it's imperfect, but uh, but those those two omissions, uh, can you explain those? Yeah, I mean, we had a rather strange situation where the Conservatives were trying to remove me as convener from the committee that I'm convener of. Um, the Lord Provost is still Lord Provost and still chairs full council. Um, and... Uh, the committee that I chair has a membership which has been approved at a previous council and that's the membership that we've went for. So um, while some have chosen to, for whatever purpose, uh, try and find disagreement, actually what we've followed is uh, the practice that's been approved by our full council, by the 63 councillors that sat in the chamber and voted for arrangements. What we decided was to have a phased approach to bring those arrangements, which have been democratically approved, back up and running as quickly as we can in a phased approach. Councillor Day, I think it, I think we have a slightly bad connection with you. Um, so I wanted to ask you one question um, and then perhaps I'll, uh, I'll let you go. One, my one question to you is, you asked about PPE yesterday of the Chief Executive and we're given an unequivocal answer that Edinburgh has plenty of PPE. However, Unite the Union have told me that they do have a PPE problem and that it's problems in getting PPE to all those who need it. Um, so what do you think of that? So, I mean, I think as of yesterday, we had something like 560,000 items of PPE in the council supply centre um, 
over a million items of stock for health and social care at the same point. And we've two million items that will be on their way to us soon. I mean, only yesterday as well, uh, Phyllis, uh, members of the United Union were telling our directorate that they're really pleased with the PPE training and online mods that we put in place to ensure that our staff have the equipment they need and they're properly trained on how to do it. And they've actually commended the officers for the that process. I think the difference is um, what people need and what people would want. Of course, we would all want to have every piece of protective equipment that we can get, but the reality is that our national guidelines put out, we are adhering to these guidelines and people have the required PPE equipment that they need to fulfil the requirements of their job. And we are absolutely confident that in Edinburgh alone, we have at least 10 weeks worth of supply to keep that chain going. I think we would all accept, we've seen in the national media, that there is a national shortage but that doesn't seem to be prevalent here in the capital city. And can I ask you um, perhaps both about um, council staff being on furlough? Does that make your own jobs difficult? Perhaps Councillor Day, first of all. So my understanding is they're not on furlough because they're all entirely funded. They're just working from home. There's a number of people, and we were given the stats yesterday or, or this week via uh, Director Resources, that there are a number of staff who are off on uh, sick leave as a result of this who are on leave because one of their uh, dependents have, have uh, had to isolate etc. So I don't think we, we, we have followed our employees. A number of the Alio have done that for example, Edinburgh Ledger have done that. But we're actively looking to see, other, see if there are other uh, roles that these people can play during the COVID-19 lockdown period. If there are jobs that need to be done and people are able to and skilled to do that job, then we'll absolutely and, and I know that our staff team and our trade unions are really supportive of that and it's just, it's just time to mix the right uh, number of required skills to the skills that people have and, and anything we can do to, to shift people into roles that are necessary and needed now, we'll absolutely do that. That's absolutely right. And of course, um, your director of resources, Stephen Moore, was uh, you know, explaining to us that um, the business grant scheme has been uh, has, is now 85 percent. All the loans have been fulfilled to about 85 percent. And that was probably because people were brought in from from other yeah, fields. That's, 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 that's great. That's a prime example for us. We're, we're, uh, this is a new announcement by the government and a very welcome one. And I'm sure Councillor Maria will speak more about the business grants. But that that allowed us to immediately transfer a whole chunk of staff into dealing with this. And within a matter of days, that, that backlog was, was turned through and now now millions of pounds, which I'm sure Cousin McVeigh will speak of, has been processed to the businesses that need it. Okay. Councillor Day, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Right. We'll let you go. So, Councillor McVeigh, um, this Perhaps taking business grants, first of all, this has been a huge task for the council, of course, fulfilling all the 10,000 and £25,000 grants. The funding comes from uh, Scottish government but and perhaps central government before that. Um, has that been uh, on your horizon? Hugely. I mean, this this has been one of the biggest exercises like this <clears throat> that we've, we've ever had to, to do. And although we could put in some best guesses about what was required, um, actually, I think it's only living it because we've never done anything like this before that's allowed us to really see how you mobilise that amount of business support to that many businesses. Edinburgh has now paid more business uh, support out than any other local authority to more businesses than any other local authority. The, the scale of the exercise has been absolutely enormous. And our team have done a fantastic job 
not just processing applications as they've got them, but they've worked with businesses to make sure that information that wasn't there maybe uh, is followed up on to make sure we can say yes to those applications at the absolute maximum number of of instances. Um, and we've also followed up and got subsequent guidance from the Scottish Government, again, to, on specific businesses, again, to allow us to say yes as often as we possibly can. So it's on a scale that that I think has been you know, almost unprecedented. 6,000 businesses, we're now down to the last few hundred, we're now at more than 90%, um, well into more than 90% now as of this morning, and and that's just going to continue until that's um, complete. There's obviously two different uh, additional funds that the government have announced and will work, you know, having learned through this process, work to implement that starting in uh, the 5th of May, which is the next tranche. Um, you'll have seen this morning, I know that both you and uh, Councillor Day are both keen cyclists, but you'll have seen this morning that Pedal on Parliament are demanding uh, in a new campaign space for distancing, uh, which is just reallocating road space for people uh, using means of active travel. Um, and I'm really wondering what uh, what Edinburgh Council is uh, is thinking about this. And clearly this is with a view to coming out of the lockdown and we may be a way off that yet. But uh, have you got any plans? We do. Um, we're actively working with the, the government and some partners like uh, Sustrans to make sure that we're in a good place to understand how we can implement quite significant change if that's what we need. There's obviously a big opportunity and a big danger as we come out of lockdown. My hope is that as quickly as possible, when it's safe to do so, um, our public transport, which is absolutely fantastic in the city, gets back up and running and allows people to, to move around. But we do understand that behaviours and, and patterns of transporting people and, and other things around the city may have changed a little bit. And we need to lean into that. We can't ignore it. Um, an obvious uh, way when we start to emerge from these restrictions is to encourage as many people as possible to walk and cycle in the first instance and with the levels of traffic we've seen in the city right now which is not a lot there's certainly opportunity to um, transfer quite substantial amount of road space to people who will be looking to use bike and uh, on foot as much as possible in the first few weeks, probably months, uh, as these restrictions are lifted and people start going about different parts of their their day. So we're actively working with the government to try and work out how we can do these things in a, in a quick and efficient way. Um, and our officers are working really hard to make sure we've got a, a mapped um, set of where there are issues, where there are potential solutions and where there are potential changes that we could make, which mean when we come out of the recovery, come into the recovery state that we have those plans ready to go. That would be great wouldn't it to have uh, temporary segregated cycleways as uh, Pedal and Parliament are asking for all those things and perhaps even use those for pedestrians too to give them a bit more room on some of our narrow pavements. Some pavements in the city centre are are very wide and others are very narrow of course it's uh, so you would really address it on a street by street basis uh, yeah i mean it would be looking at where there are issues and, and taking actions there are obvious places where uh, there's a high density of population there's a lot of people who will once these restrictions are lifted look to walk about again i'm thinking of uh, nicholson street even in the south side where the payments are quite narrow and we need to look at that and how we enable people to go about their lives in a way 
not just it's safe actually, but in a way that people will want to as they come out of um, recovery. And that's a bit about sustaining social distancing. And it's also a bit about enabling people to make the choices that they want to make in moving around the city. And uh, finally, you're going to be collecting uh, the blue bins again, the glass and everything is all going to be uplifted. Some people have left them out for uh, for a few weeks now in the hope that they would be collected, of course. But uh, from next Tuesday, uh, blue bins are, are up and running again. They are. And this has been another absolutely fantastic effort by the waste team who have moved mountains to try and turn the service back on um, it's hugely to their credit that we've managed to get to this position. I think everyone in the city understands the real limits on capacity that we have right now uh, on some of our core services. We've never had to turn off um, waste streams like mixed recycling, landfill or uh, food waste. Um, that, again, has been a huge credit to the team. There's one last remaining um, stream waste stream that we need to, to crack, and that is... Um, garden waste obviously and also our community recycling centres and as soon as these things can be stood back up they will be but for now um, I'm absolutely hugely grateful to the, the work that's going on day in day out by our waste team who are doing an absolutely outstanding job uh, in the city making sure that these core services are essential to literally everybody in the city continue. Um, so any final messages what can people do uh to help the council do its job, what can uh, and and how can the council help as well? Perhaps you know, we've seen a, a huge reaction to some of the the asks for volunteers. Thousands of people in the city have come forward to help organisations, third sector, NHS, right across the board, help us get through this as a city. Some people will be in a position to do that to help um, the council, the NHS. Uh, charities that are doing amazing work in our communities. Some people will be in a position to help us all do that work. And for a lot of us, I suspect most of us, we might not be in that position because of childcare issues, because of our own status and invulnerability, perhaps in relation to, to COVID-19. Um, and that's fine too. And I suppose the message to those that can is and, and are willing to, thank you. And the message to those that can, um, for whatever reason, is as long as you're following the guidance, as long as you're doing everything that we need you to do in terms of making sure you're not putting yourself and others at risk of spreading COVID-19 further in our communities and our city, then you are doing your bit. And again, you should be thanked for that. Um, this is a long-haul problem we heard from the First Minister, the kind of timescales that some of these issues are going to be resolved in, and they're not quick. You know, Business as usual is not going to be bounced back uh, like a yo-yo coming back up. Um, it's going to take us a long time and that road's going to be quite hard. And I think what we've seen in the last uh, month, in the last few weeks, is a city really coming together, really understanding the need to come together. And I think there's a willingness to keep doing that because I think everyone understands it's the best thing, uh, not just for ourselves as individuals, but for our community and our city. And I think there's been a real coming together to demonstrate that. There certainly has. I've been out to see some of the uh, volunteers working around the city. Um, one of those, of course, is helping hands down in uh, Dumbydikes, who have asked repeatedly for the Braidwood Centre there, which is a council-owned building, uh, to be reopened. Is there any chance of any of the community centres around the city being reopened perhaps first? Um, 
I, I mean, p- potentially, um, just on the on the point you raised on on Dubidex, I did speak to um, the organisation uh, last week, and we have managed to find a solution that means they can do all the fantastic work they're doing in a better way. Um, when I had seen pictures of them using the street as a distribution centre, I, I thought we had to do something in order to change that. So we have now worked with them and made sure that we've enabled them to keep on doing the fantastic work that they're doing in their community. And they are doing absolutely fantastic work. Um, we need to make sure in everything that we do that we can do it safely. And that's as much about the buildings that are able to be open as the services that are able to be continued to run. Because as much as we have... And, and again, another group that have been absolutely tremendous is our facilities management team, our cleaning staff and other staff that have kept buildings in the council open. But we have to understand that in the current uh, climate, the ability of the council or indeed the city to run um, the kind of building estates that we ran uh, before any time soon is just not there. The standards of making sure everything... Um, is, is run properly is just so fund, so fundamentally different than it was before. So I have a real aspiration to open up um, as many community services as possible, as quickly as possible. But the real the real constraint on that is the safety of, of the people of Edinburgh. And I think and hope everyone shares that aspiration, but really understands why we might not be able to get there quite as quickly as people want. And what does your day hold for you now? Uh, today I am meeting MPs and MSPs to take through um, and an- answer questions, some of the concerns um, and questions that they have. I'm speaking to other councillors, doing much the same thing. I'm speaking to a couple of organisations in the city actually about some of the things we've talked about in this uh, conversation, um, social distancing and, and assets that aren't owned by the council, for example. Um, a huge number of things, a huge number of emails. I'm I'm a guy at a working from home strapped to a laptop most days. So um, that's that's going to be my day today, as it's been for the last I think five or six weeks now. Yeah, and uh, every day is different, but then every day seems much the same for some of us. I think. Anyway, well, thank you very much indeed, uh, Councillor McVeigh, for speaking with us. And, you too. Uh, have a thank great you. day. Thank you so much for listening to the Edinburgh Reporter podcast. Listen out for more episodes coming soon.